it's extremely important to do one thing really well. Welcome to the Real Estate Executive Thought Leadership Podcast, a fast-paced show featuring focused insights from executive thought leaders in the real estate industry. In episode nine, we speak with Nell Landman. She's the head of marketing at Squarefoot, a New York, New York-based commercial real estate listing and leasing marketplace specializing in office space with flexible lease structures. We'll get into the importance of balancing inbound marketing with paid and organic search, the trend toward flexible lease terms, how to hire and build infrastructure in new markets, and strategies for early stage growth, including testing and watching the numbers to determine what's working and effectively manage your cost per lead. Let's get started. Hi, Nell. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Excellent. Thank you. So let's talk about your professional background. Tell us about your experience in sales ops and business development. Sure. I actually started my career out in Los Angeles. And one of the main responsibilities I had there, in addition to running traditional marketing channels, was building out all of our sales ops infrastructure, so tooling and technology that essentially allows the business to run between Salesforce as our main CRM, as well as other technologies that integrated into Salesforce, and also building out a business development team from a hiring perspective, as well as scripting and process. The process included utilization of all of the tooling. And so from that experience, I actually transferred that into some of the things that I did in the beginning of working for Squarefoot, where I actually was managing all sales operations as well as the business development team at Squarefoot that has both of those, I guess you could say, are now independent departments. So we've grown them to be a larger business development team, which we hired a manager for, as well as sales ops team, which we've also hired a lead there as well. So I have experience, generally speaking, in implementing from the ground up all the tooling, as well as building out the teams and then scaling them as the company needs. Share a little bit about your education and BDR qualifications. I actually learned a lot about it in practice at the first company I worked at right out of college. It was one of the things that I worked very closely with the VP of sales on, and then over the years have done it a couple of times in terms of process, procedure, tooling, as well as hiring. And it was really something that I learned on the job, you could say. You can learn best practices and things like that in school, but it's always better to, from my perspective, it's always more useful when you can learn more quickly if you're actually executing on it in a real life scenario. So I've actually, through doing it at previous companies, was able to rinse and repeat what I have learned, both good and bad experiences. So learn from your mistakes as well as from your successes. And that's something that I was able to translate to square foot when I first joined almost three years ago. What appeals to you about marketing and is marketing an art or a science? Oh, good question. <laughs> um, I think it's both, honestly. I think that it has probably in the traditional world, especially if you talk about digital marketing, where there are a lot of metrics that you're able to track and follow throughout the funnel, it is it definitely becomes more scientific. But there's an art to it, especially if you think about content and copywriting and the, the kind of overlap between the creative side of it as well as the experimental side. It really does become both. I think that the more digitally focused a company is, the more scientific it becomes. And you definitely need to understand what's working, what's not working from a metrics perspective, not to mention how all of the channels are working together. One of the things that is 
hot word for the past number of years and will continue to be is the idea of attribution. So the more digital channels you have running, the more they can cannibalize one another. And if they aren't running in tandem or as complementary efforts to one another and being able to understand how all of the channels are working together and which channels should take credit for what, especially when you're putting paid dollars behind it, it becomes extremely important to really, really understand the numbers behind each of the channels you're running. So in that sense, it's much more scientific, but you you definitely, to bring it back to the art, definitely need the creative mind to be able to build the ads themselves and copy that goes alongside them. Let's briefly touch on your professional direction. What does success look like for you in five years? I've always been in the startup space. I very much enjoy building companies and teams from the ground up. I think for myself, my role at Squarefoot is right in the wheelhouse of where I wanted to be when I joined and my growth path here has continued within the expectations of what I want for myself in the future. Long-term goal, I would always find excitement and passion in the idea or the daily to-dos of building a company. Whether I want to start my own company or not, I don't know that. But I do want to continue to be in a role where I am a leader at a growing company and continuing to take on more and more leadership responsibilities over time and really have stronger and stronger influence on the direction and strategy for the company. What professional development tools and resources are you engaging with? A couple people who I communicate with as mentors, they all have slightly different backgrounds from one another. So I get different insights and different levels of experience or areas of experience at my disposal from speaking with them. And there are a number of organizations or communities that I have also been a part of. Obviously, those have changed a little bit since the current state of the world in terms of not being able to meet in person and things like that. But there are still a number of great resources that I work with within those communities over email, over Slack, and in conversations virtually today. So it's kind of a mixture of different communities that I'm a part of, as well as individual people that I look to for mentorship and advice. How do you decompress from daily business? I'm an athlete. I always have been. I grew up doing gymnastics pretty competitively. And while I don't do that anymore, I definitely still have that athletic bug in me. So I cycle, I run, I do yoga. I get some reading in here and there, but need to definitely do more of that. But from a decompression standpoint, I'm very much of the mindset that I need to get some energy out and get some physical activity into my daily schedule. Let's talk about your company. Please share with us what Squarefoot offers and who you serve. In other words, what are your core competencies and unique value proposition? Squarefoot at a high level is a brokerage, tech-enabled commercial brokerage firm. We are different than your traditional brokerage firms for a variety of different reasons. One of those reasons is the marketing efforts that we have in place at the top of the funnel. So your traditional brokerage firm is solely outbound. So the brokers themselves are sourcing deals and are responsible for bringing in any deal that they will work. For Squarefoot, we have a lead gen platform through both paid and organic advertising, everything from paid search, organic search, paid social efforts, display efforts. So all of your digital channels that you would see in a traditional B2B SaaS company, we have made work for 
a brokerage firm. In addition to that, we have a platform. So we have a platform which hosts listings for tenants to look at themselves without having to receive all of those listings from brokers, but we also have brokers in-house. There is a self-service portion of our process where you can browse listings and look at listings independent of speaking with a broker, but we also have brokers who will help you through the process all the way through to closing the deal, finishing the deal. Generally speaking, we help customers find office space, but we also have two products that make us even more different than your traditional firm, which one is Flex by Square Foot, which basically allows for tenants to receive shorter lease terms, as well as if they choose fully built out and furnished spaces that you wouldn't traditionally be able to access for that period of time. So a traditional lease is about three to five years. Many tenants today really want flexibility in their lease terms. So they want shorter lease terms, but they still want quality of space or build out of a space that you would traditionally only get with longer lease terms. So with Flex by Square Foot, we as a company are able to offer shorter lease terms and more customized spaces to our clients that a traditional firm would not be able to offer since the landlord would not be willing to shorten lease terms. The kind of second biggest differentiator for us, in addition to flex and the ability to generate leads, is a product that we have called Pivot Desk. Essentially, if you have too much space or you don't know how quickly your company is going to be growing, you can list your space on Pivot Desk. And Pivot Desk actually has a network of both hosts and guests. So a host is somebody who would be listing their space. So say Square Foot had 20 extra desks in, in our office that we were anticipating filling in the next year, but wanted to basically not sit on that open space today and bring in some revenue from it. A square Foot could host that space on Pivot Desk. And Pivot Desk also has a network of guests, which are people searching for space. Pivot Desk allows for anything from a single desk all the way up to, I actually don't know what the kind of largest space we have available today is, but say 20, 50 desks. And with Pivot Desk, you also have extremely flexible lease terms, considering you are dealing with the host and not necessarily with the landlord. It's an agreement between the host and the guest, and the two parties are able to determine what works best for both of them on both ends. Generally speaking, between outside of lead gen, between Flex and Pivot Desk, our main goal is to essentially provide the tenant or the client with whatever it is they're looking for and not have them have to worry about things that you would traditionally have to worry about when it comes to the size of the space, the growth trajectory of your company, the lease terms. So we um, have obviously realized that this is becoming increasingly important over the last couple of months. But even before everything that has evolved over the last couple of months, even before that, it was something that we were seeing great demand from our clients. And they Typically, as a company, we often work with growing companies, so startup companies that are continuing to grow. And I think we all know that it is not as straightforward as understanding today where your company will be in two years in terms of size and growth trajectory, and especially when you're committing to something as costly as a lease. 
leases, your office space is the second most expensive thing to the people for a company. And with all these options in terms of flexibility, it allows for tenants to get exactly what they want and not have to sit on empty space or commit to a five-year lease, etc. How are you building square foot offerings geographically? Now and over the last couple of years, we have been primarily focused in New York. We do have listings in other markets. Basically, we have listings in almost every major city across the United States. So that does mean we do get leads organically from those other markets. Currently, we have partner brokers in other markets. So we will refer the leads that we get from other markets to those partner brokers we will get a percentage of the deal should it close. One of the main areas of focus this year, focusing on hiring brokers, internal square foot brokers in other markets, so we can really get the full square foot experience to replicate that in other markets. So we are right now focused on our primary markets that we're focused on Los Angeles, Houston, and DC, and hoping to hiring and building up the infrastructure that we need to have in place to be able to replicate the square foot experience in those other markets. So it's hiring and building out infrastructure right now in those three markets and goal being to quote unquote go live, right? Which means essentially putting paid marketing dollars behind efforts in one to two of those three markets in the next couple of months. Let's look at trends in the marketplace. What trends and challenges do you see in the CRE industry and how are you adapting? The CRE industry is a relatively old, slow-moving industry. So it's been very interesting and fun to be a leader in the evolution of an industry like that. There are obviously players in the co-working spaces that we've seen over the last couple of years, but there's not that many people who look exactly like us. So we're really building something new. And with building something new and being one of the first to do that, you don't have anybody that you're essentially directly modeling yourself after. That's obviously a pro and a con, but we are learning as we go, especially recently brought on some really great talent and experience from the traditional world will help us on the brokerage side of things to be more effective at closing deals and closing larger deals, but also understanding that we are a different type of brokerage and we do follow different processes and getting people who have been doing something for so long in a certain way, it can be tricky to get them to adapt. I think we all see the value in adapting, but it takes time to train that. And then to bring it back to what's taken place in the world and in the country over the last couple of months, it's definitely been something that we've had to adapt to and evolve within. One of the things that we did very quickly right off the bat in March was to modify all of our messaging and really try to be leaders in how to best take care of your company, how to best take care of your employees, and now how to set yourself up for success as a company, set yourself up for success in getting people to safely and comfortably return to the office. So things like we've developed a COVID resource center, which provides a number of different articles and resources around questions that we've determined people are searching for, people are asking about, and trying to be a thought leader in that space as much as we can be. 
we're obviously not doctors, but we have expertise when it comes to renegotiating your leases or putting your space up to be a sublease. If your company has had to downsize, obviously we can help with pivot desk in terms of filling excess space. So really trying to be there for our clients and help them as much as we can, given the circumstances. And with regards to going back to the office, we actually technically opened our office early last week, but we spent a lot of time. We've actually put together an internal group of individuals to help us prepare for that return. So things like what does the layout of your office need to look like? What uh, anything as technical as how do you make sure that your HVAC system is working properly? And some of these things are things that many companies not being in the commercial real estate space, don't know how to handle. And so trying to get that information out there through, uh, we've developed a return to the office toolkit, provides a number of different resources for companies who are looking to do this safely and effectively, and trying to be a leader and a resource for individuals who are responsible for this part of their company's return. And we've seen a lot of engagement with that effort generally generally speaking. We've had to adapt to and evolve with in a normal world. And then how we've, over the last couple of months, continued to evolve and adapt pretty quickly to the reality of the kind of world we're living in today. Could you briefly touch on a few strategies you recommend for early stage growth? You have to test, but you also have to be smart. And by being smart, I mean you have to look at the numbers, you have to look at metrics. I'm a very numerical, data-driven person. I mean, I would actually say that Square Foot as a company is as well. And the way we determine whether something works or not is primarily based off of numbers. One of the main focuses of our company, especially in the very beginning, how do we effectively, and by effectively I mean at the right cost, acquire leads to be able to build our pipeline. This is a very specific example, but while we know we can bring more leads in, at what cost does it not make sense financially for the company? And I give that example because I think you have to be very diligent about what you spend and what you're bringing in, not only from a lead acquisition perspective, but from a marketing perspective, from a hiring perspective. And that doesn't mean that you should be stingy or you shouldn't prioritize or hire roles or spend on channels that don't necessarily directly tie to ROI. Being cognizant of that and being very intentional with where you spend and the strategies you push forward with and continue with is extremely important, especially from the beginning. On that note, in the very early stages, it's also, in my opinion, extremely important to do one thing really well and to make sure that that is something that works before you continue to expand. While it's everybody wants to do more and while doing a hundred things really well is obviously maybe in certain circumstances the ideal. I do think that very early on and even still today, one of the things that Square Foot does and we make sure we continue to do really well is acquiring leads at the top of the funnel and that qualification process through to getting it to a salesperson. So if you focus on too many things, you're less likely to be a leader in a given space in one particular area. So focusing on on one particular effort and making yourself differentiated and stand out in that area while looking at the costs and the numbers tied to what you're doing are the two most important things from my perspective. Are environmental and operational sustainability part of your strategy? 
it's something that we are aware of. It's not necessarily something that is a huge part of our strategy per se when it comes to the environmental perspective of what needs to be modified and done, especially in recent times. It is something that we are ramping up a focus on. Let's talk about leadership. How would you describe your leadership style and how do you motivate your team? I'm definitely a numbers-driven person, so I like to have the data and have the story in place before I try to push for something. So that's generally speaking how I try to get buy-in is is through data and through examples. With regards to motivating the team, I've seen great success in allowing people to problem-solve and not that I'm not there to support them. By all means, I am. But I think when you give people some challenge to try to figure something out on their own, when they do it... They feel more motivated and engaged, and that kind of trickles throughout all different projects that they're working on. Do you have an in-house marketing team, and do you also work with outside vendors? We have an in-house marketing team, and we have a couple contractors that we work with to run specific channels. So we have a combination of both. Has the public health crisis changed the way your team works? Yes, we're all still working remotely through Zoom calls and things like that. One of the things that we've been very conscious of as an organization, as well as as a team, is especially in the beginning, over-communicating. So making sure that we don't drop the ball on anything where you can't look over to somebody at the desk next to you and chat with them. So yes, it has definitely changed how the team works, but I think we've gotten to a place where we feel relatively comfortable with where we are, but definitely looking forward to getting back to whatever this new normal will look like. Let's discuss marketing strategy. What does thought leadership mean to you? Thought leadership generally is opinions, but opinions based on fact. And I think you, different people will resonate with different directions of thought leadership. It's communicating opinions and direction based off of experience and making sure that you try not to be biased. Is an inbound content strategy worth the time and expense? For square foot, yes. It definitely depends on the company, um, but for square foot, it is one of our most successful and largest initiatives that we have in place. How vital is social marketing? Again, I think it definitely depends on the business. For square foot, it's definitely important that we have social marketing and have a presence there. It is not one of our primary drivers of leads, whereas at a previous company I was working at, it was. So I think, again, it depends on the company, but I think no matter what you do, have to have an ongoing presence across social channels, regardless of what you do as a company. Is PR a part of your strategy? It is. We actually have a in-house growth PR person, Danny, and he has the traditional PR strategies, but with SEO, uh, so organic um, efforts always in the back of his mind. So getting links and things like that to continue to, to grow our digital presence. What channels are you finding yield the most leads and ROI? For us, our two primary channels are paid search as well as organic search. And paid search has dollars that bent behind it, whereas organic search is more of the due diligence. It's not direct spend, but they both are, when we look at it at a blended basis, the combination of our paid efforts and our organic efforts with regards to search allow us to acquire the majority of our inbound leads at a cost that is effective for us. What is the most crucial element in positioning your brand? 
the most crucial element for us is coming across as approachable, but also differentiated. Unfortunately, the kind of taste people get in their mouths when it comes to brokerage or finding office space is not the best. It's a costly expense. It is takes a lot of time, so on and so forth. And we try to make that more approachable. One of the goals of the Square Foot platform is to allow for the user experience and that timely process to be more enjoyable so people can do more on their own. They have more access to inventory themselves rather than from a broker. And I think communicating that as well as for us now, especially over the last couple months and over the last couple years, even the idea of flexibility and the idea that it is in your control and what you need is out there and we can get that for you. Can you share a story about a successful marketing campaign? We actually have a campaign that we've been running for, this is very specific to um, the times, but over the last couple of weeks, we've been running a campaign around our return to work toolkit. The goal has been to convert people through content. And the content in this particular campaign is allowing people to understand A, how to get back into their office safely, but B, what their options are. Should they need to renegotiate their lease? Should they need to sublease their space? Should they have excess space, et cetera? And really being able to then as a company, we've worked very closely with our BDR team, as well as obviously with our brokers to be able to speak to all of those options. When a lead comes in through that messaging, it gets handed off to our BDRs who will obviously have to be able to speak to whatever the needs of the clients are. And then the brokers will obviously have to execute on resolving those needs. And so that's something that has, especially recently, has resonated extremely well. And we've seen an influx of leads come in through that approach. Where do you envision the Square Foot brand going in the 2020s? I've spoken to a number of things that we are continuing to push forward with. I do believe that the general goal of Square Foot is to be a new way of finding office space and making it, again, more enjoyable, making it a more seamless process, a more self-service process. Historically, there's been very little that the customer or the client can do on their own. And the more that we can empower the customer and provide them with flexible options, the better. And the better that process will be and the, the happier kind of both ends will be because they will be getting what they want and it will be a process that is more supported by technology than it ever has been historically, which will make the process less painful. What is one closing insight you'd like to share for executives targeting growth? It is extremely important to stay on top of the data. You always want to know what is going on. And when you do too many things too quickly, it's very difficult to understand what's working, what's not working, etc. The other thing is to understand and be okay when something doesn't work. If something's not working, that like stop and try something else. It's okay that one particular thing doesn't work for a particular company or in a particular time. Experimenting, but understanding that the numbers do tell a pretty clear story is extremely important. Thank you for being our guest, Nell. This has been illuminating. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to get updates on our upcoming podcast. Share the inspiration. 